Hey guys, I'm Arthur. And I'm David. And welcome to the Modern American Dream Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about how to become a successful business person and successful in life when you have no resources, no skills, and no talent. Hey, this is Beth. Oh, hey, Beth. How are you? Good. I made it in. How are y'all? You Beth, made it. How are you? Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm good. How's I'm good. Everything? everything is well. How about with you? Good. Very oh, well. Things very are well. awesome. I was just <laughs> thinking about the coffee we were drinking. I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what coffee I gave you. What What was it? Was it the Organo it was- Gold? You had two different kinds. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And I, he was enjoying the coffee. I enjoyed the wine. Oh, that's right. The the mocha and the espresso. Yeah, I yeah, just had a, a shake so this morning good. with the mocha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is good. That was so good. So how's, how's everything been? Good. We just went on our vacation. We were 10 days, nine nights in Montego Bay, Jamaica. And that was outstanding. Yeah, it was outstanding. Loved that. Got home from our vacation just in time to enjoy the rest of Labor Day weekend or yeah, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And uh, now we're just kind of settling back into our home routine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's let's get started and jump into while we're waiting for David to hop on. We want to start out with our opening question. For those people who who may not know who you are, why don't you just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Sure. I'm Elizabeth Meisner, and I am part owner of B&I, Business Network International, together with my husband and a few other folks. And uh, I'm the co-founder of the B&I Foundation, which is the corporate nonprofit for B&I that focuses on children and education. I'm currently a member of the board, um, but we have a board chair and a board vice chair who will be joining us on the podcast today. So on the side now, I am branching out a little bit because I'm not traveling quite as much and working as much in the corporate side or with the nonprofit. I am uh, moving into my study and practice of Qigong, which is a medical healing process from China. It's the underpinnings of all the traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And I'm really enjoying immersing in that. I teach Qigong at the Lake Austin Spa Resort. And I'm currently enrolled in a medical Qigong practitioner certification program here in Austin. And I'm really getting very um, deeply immersed in the internal martial arts, the study of the Tao and the I Ching and Qigong, and I'm loving it. That's a lot. How do you have time for all of that? I know. She's she's actually going to build a little retreat at her house that people can I'm hoping to. I'm hoping. I'm really, yes, I am going to build a, a Tai Chi temple. I'm calling it on some property next door to us that we have yet to acquire. And, and that will give me a place to hold meditation retreats, Tai Chi seminars, Qigong healing practices. And um, that's what I'm going to manifest. I told somebody about you today. I was yeah. meeting with my clients and one of their kids got diagnosed with something. And I was mm-hmm. telling them, I go, hey, we were just with Elizabeth Meisner and she like healed herself from cancer more or less. 
And I was yep. like, I kind of believe that stuff too. So yes. I just wanted yes. to let you know that's pretty cool. You know? Thank and you. And actually, I, I was, that's great that he just brought that up. I was talking to my sister about that. And if you don't mind, I think that's huge. Can you tell us a little bit your, about your experience and the healing process? I know you mentioned it briefly to us before, but I, we really feel like it would be helpful for a lot of people. Although it's a business podcast, I think that story was just excellent. So, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, you certainly do better in business if you're well. And if when you're diagnosed yeah. with something pretty catastrophic, it can be catastrophic for your business as well. So we feel like it's certainly a relevant topic. We'll go back to Ivan because Ivan, the founder of BNI, my husband, was diagnosed over six years ago with cancer. And uh, he reversed his cancer with diet and nutrition and lifestyle changes. Um, I'm a, a certified nutritionist and have been in the chiropractic field as a chiropractic assistant prior to marrying Ivan and being involved with BNI. And so I know and knew at the time when he was diagnosed that things like internal medicine, not internal, but energy medicine, where you're working with the internal energy of the body. So in that way, it's it's considered energy, energetic medicine, diet, nutrition, using nutrients and food as medicine could really help him. And in, he was willing to give it a try because his doctor said, this is a slow growing type of cancer. You have time to decide what treatments you want and then come back and I'll do your surgery. And when he went back to the surgeon in nine months, his tumor was gone. There was no cancer in his prostate gland. So we fast forwarded about three years and his cancer did uh, apparently come back. He did not have a repeat biopsy, but he had three lesions now in the prostate that were not very well differentiated and had a very high PRAD score, extremely likely to be cancer. And so we did it all over again. And he went down to Mexico this time, worked with a doctor in a doctor from Mexico in a Mexican uh, treatment center. And after three weeks of treatment, guys, he came home with no cancer. So that wow. was what what was in wow. my path and my history prior to my own diagnosis with metastatic breast cancer. And so because the tumor that I had in my breast was already spreading to other areas with the lymph nodes, I went straight down to Mexico and came back a month after diagnosis with the tumor shrinking and the lymph node almost completely normal. And within another two months, the lymph node was completely normal. And the tumor, according to ultrasound scan, was no longer vascular or, in other words, was dead. And so, uh, you know, I, I used a lot of Qigong healing, a lot of visualizations, meditations. But I got to tell you, I had a team of naturopathic doctors, chiropractors, acupuncturist, a Qigong practitioner. I had a team of people working with me and giving me advice and direction um, to put a program together that worked for me. And it didn't include chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery. That, that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. And I remember when we met you, one of the things you said to us was, when you found out about it, you were so comfortable and confident that you were going to beat it and overcome it. Do you remember that? Absolutely, I do remember that. And I remember the feeling when the radiologist that was scanning me, he's been scanning me since I was 40. I'm now 54. He's about 74 years old. He's scanned a lot of tumors. And when he sees something that's malignant, he's very, very confident, you know. And so he said to me, this is a bad guy. You need to go to a surgeon right away and have this out. I didn't feel any fear. 
And I looked at him and I said, you know, I'm not going to do that. And he said, I know you're not, but I have to tell you that that's what <laughs> you should do. And, you know, I just, I know what the body is capable of from everything I've studied and learned, but also from the application of those processes and watching it happen, not just with Ivan, but way, 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 way back when I was 13 years old, my mom successfully shrunk a malignant colon tumor. She yeah. went to Colorado and in just before it was illegal to use Laetrile in the United States, she used Laetrile and did some coffee enemas and things like that and came back with a tumor that was half its size within a month. So even at that young age of 13, I was reading books like World Without Cancer and The Cancer Cure by Holda Clark and things like that. And so I had a different paradigm and a different belief system and that the process worked like it was supposed to. Your body is geared toward healing. And if you support that healing system, which by the way is your immune system and you support the immune system, the body can heal naturally from cancer. That's awesome. What were those two books, World, World Without Cancer? World Without Cancer is the first one and the second one is The Cancer Cure by Holda Clark. Cancer Cure. That, that's excellent. And, and you, you also put some of this in a book with Ivan, right? Healing Begins. Right. Yeah. Ivan and I wrote a book after he uh, was completely through with both experiences with prostate cancer. It's called Healing Begins in the Kitchen. And my book about my story, I wrote it as the story was happening because I knew I wanted to put it in a book. The title, working title is Healing Can Be Easy. And that one we hope is going to be ready to sell at the end of the year. Healing can be easy. I love that. Yeah, I felt like I was doing a spa retreat. I put myself in a medical bubble, a healing bubble. Yeah. And, you know, David, I think who's now on the call can attest. I, I backed away from everything so that I could just focus on recovering my center, being happy, being relaxed, supporting my immune function. And I, I think it's part of why I healed so fast. Now, not everyone can quit their job and step away from everything except healing, but yeah. you can do what I did. It just will take a little bit longer. You know, I healed, I healed in supersonic time because I was able to just do nothing but support my body. I didn't have to deal with anything because the board handled everything. We had an executive director at the time that just took the reins of the BNI foundation. I quit traveling. I, you know, I missed some really fun, amazing international trips that Ivan took like to India and South Korea and what have you. But I needed to do what I needed to do, and I'm still here now and can go on all those trips for the rest of my life. That's awesome. Yeah, I think in the mind, I think, you know, we know we lost our mom to breast cancer when she was 35, and our sister also had it, and she beat it, and she did have to have the surgery. But I think, you know, the way you start in your mindset has a lot to do with how you finish, you know, and I believe Absolutely. that and just the way you talk, it sounds like pretty awesome. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool, right? Actually, I was going to jump into that as well is, yes, there is strategy, but I love your mindset. And when we interview people on this podcast, we always get into the strategy and the tactics, but what's more important is how you were thinking. So why don't we dive in a little bit deeper about like your confidence? And I know you talked about some of it as young as the age of 13, but your belief system of knowing that this is something you're definitely going to overcome. 
and just, you know, pass right through. So that obviously was present at the time I was diagnosed, but it just went deeper and deeper for me. The more I studied, because then I really started studying cellular biology and the communication between cells and how cells communicate and what can I do that can enhance that process or direct that process the way I needed it to go in order for me to be healed. And I watched a lot of YouTube videos by Dr. Bruce Lipton and by Greg Braden. And oh, those, Braden. yeah, those two men are scientists. They explain in scientific terms and, you know, with path, showing pathology, Dr. Lipton shows uh, screenshots and videos of cells actually communicating with each other. Um, and then also Dr. Joe Dispenza, who wrote the book, The Placebo Effect. And being able to really be immersed in all of that content and that knowledge and experiential knowledge, I was able to understand that the more I said to my body with full confidence and believing it to be true, I am healed. I am completely healed. And I put notes up that said the cellular transformation is complete and perfect in all my organs. You know, I had this note all over my house. I knew that my brain then would be re begin releasing the neuropeptides that would weaken cancer cells and would boost up the function of my tumor cells who are killer cells, natural killer cells and T cells, and they would do what they're supposed to do. So, so it's not rocket science. It's, it's real. It, it is powerful, but it's not something so mysterious that, that only special people can harness it and do it. Anybody can do this. This is what we're, built to be able to do absolutely did you ever see that video by greg braden it's on youtube where they're like mm -hmm. there's three mm -hmm. guys and they're mm -hmm. this lady and she's literally mm -hmm. you can see the tumor just mm -hmm. shrinking that was unbelievable. so i asked my qigong master about that because those are three qigong healers at one of the medicineless hospitals in beijing and I asked him if he was aware of that experience that situation he said yes he was and i said what are they saying and he said, just like Greg Braden says later in the video, they're saying, which means already done. Now, Greg says it means already healed, but it means already done. It's already done and was what they were chanting. And she was immersed in that sensation of this is already done. But what happened later with this patient, and this is something in the backstory that most people don't know. What happened later with this patient was her tumor came back and she died from her cancer because, oh. and this is what Chen Yi Lin is telling me, Master Lin is saying, that there was such an intense focus on that specific part of her body that she didn't work with the entire system, that the whole body is well all of the system, because the spleen is very important in healing cancer. The bone marrow is very, very important. The thymus gland, you can't just shrink the tumor or release the energy from the tumor without building up the rest of the body. And that didn't, didn't happen in that lady's case. So it was a very inspiring thing to watch, but then to understand later from Master Lin that it's not enough to just remove the tumor and I think that's true medically as well, that the cancer is not just the local expression of malignancy in the breast. Cancer is a systemic metabolic condition that you have to address. And when you kill your immune system with toxins like 
chemotherapy and you irradiate the body, your tissues with some substances like radioactive waves, you're damaging the entire system. And then you're setting yourself up for eventual reoccurrences, metastases, where you end up with breast cancer. You don't even have your breast anymore. How do you get breast cancer in your rib cage? Right. You know, because those tumor cells are still circulating around in the body and you have to approach it systemically. That, I, I love that. So now, now let's talk a little bit about some of the strategies about healthy living. Because I know sometimes people will hear something like this. One, first of all, they have to be open-minded to receive this great information that you're talking about. And second of all, what about just regular healthy living? Like, do you have to cut out coffee and just like eat salads all day? <laughs> or give us some, like a few tips about just healthy living in general that you learned by going through this experience. So we learned not to restrict, but rather to replace. And so we, we do not drink cow dairy, but we drink dairy. We drink goat milk. We drink sheep. We eat sheep cheese. We eat goat and sheep cheese. We eat goat and sheep yogurt, but we don't do any cow dairy. And you, in my book, we'll explain why. We, I drink coffee. Ivan doesn't like coffee, but I drink coffee, but I drink low acid, shade grown, organic, not a highly sprayed with pesticides type of coffee. And I use a special coffee that's blended with reishi mushroom extract, actually guanadermin, which is reishi mushroom extract. So the coffee that I'm drinking is more medicinal. Um, when I drink regular coffee, my stomach hurts because it's really acidic. I, I watched a news broadcast once about a mine that had, there was an accident in the river going past the entrance of the mine actually turned orange. You may remember that happened, I think, either in Montana or Wyoming. And the news report I was watching said, no one should be swimming or getting into this lake. It's very acidic right now. It's, it's almost as acidic as coffee. <laughs> and I was wow. like, oh my God, don't That's get in that great. water. But yet we sit here and pour this highly acidic product into our bodies and then wonder why we develop things like ulcers and cancer and autoimmune disease and osteoporosis and all of the things that it's known acidosis causes. So we don't restrict, but we replace with healthy versions of the foods we know and love. We eat bread, but we eat gluten-free bread, usually bread that I have made from sprouted grain flour, and I know what's in it. There's no... Get um, any of that bread when we were at the house. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> I have a question. So, what about French fries? <laughs> so I Everybody have been known, I, I have been known to eat the occasional French fries. And here's the thing. If you don't binge on it and you're not eating it every day, your body is equipped to process out toxins. And I will say that Regular French fries that you're going to be getting out in the restaurants are highly toxic. They're deep fried in an oil that you do not want in your body, even when it, regardless of whether it's heated to that high, high temperature. So I make my own French fries. I will take potatoes and slice them up and coat them with some fresh olive oil and stick them in the oven until they're nice and crispy and then bring them out and put some finishing salt on it. And I love to eat French fries, Man, but I'm making them over, myself. We'll have to do a yeah, we'll have to have some French, French fries. Fry yeah. I have a so we don't, we don't restrict our ourselves and we don't punish ourselves because we're eating quote healthy. So, I mean, I rarely eat salads. Yeah. I really, I just, I'd rather have a green smoothie than eat a salad. So 
Do, yeah. Well, how about for, for, the, for most people in the world, like the general public will say, do you, what would you say, if you could think of any, would be your top three tips for like simple, healthy living that most people can do and that they could do daily that they can start today or tomorrow? So the first one would be drink water. Okay. Drink water. Most people are drinking liquids all day, but they're not drinking water. So your body cannot flush toxins out without fresh, pure water. And I don't mean water in plastic water bottles because that plastic is getting into the water and then you're drinking that and compromising your system and intoxicating yourself in a different way, you know. So drink fresh, purified water. You need a half of your body weight in ounces is the recommended amount. Um, and maybe, you know, substitute if you're used to drinking five cups of coffee, just drink two and add three glasses of water instead of having the extra three cups of coffee. The second one is move. You have to move. You have to walk. You have to do some low impact cardio or high impact cardio, some yoga. Your body cannot flush toxins. Your lymphatic system cannot work if you're sedentary. You have to move. And so that's almost as important as what you eat. And the third thing is just get the preservatives and the chemicals out of your diet. You cannot continue to eat packaged food that's full of chemicals, preservatives, uh, fillers. Your body, it's like the birds that end up eating plastic in the ocean and then they die because they're not getting the right nutrients. And so we're doing that to ourselves by eating processed food. So those are the three things. Drink water, move, and get rid of the processed food in your diet. Get rid of that's like so it you know what makes it unreal is like how simple the first two really are, you know, like drink mm -hmm. water, move. I mean, does mm -hmm. it get any, any more like so you'll be shocked if you start drinking two quarts of water or whatever your number is a day, you will start losing weight, doing no other changes. It's wow. that's how much your liver needs water in order to process fat out of the blood. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that and I'll let you know my results. Yay! All right. So how do you feel like coffee or any other bad habit when people say like everything can be okay as long as it's in moderation? Do you think that's true? I do not think that's true because I don't want health in moderation. Hmm. Love it. You say everything's okay if you do it in moderation, then you're saying health is okay in moderation, and I don't want health in moderation. That's a quote from Eric Edmeads, who's the founder of Wild Fit and created the Wild Fit diet, which is a human diet. He's teaching people how to eat like humans are supposed to eat. So no, I think there are some things you really have to do everything in your power to avoid. And so there I'm contradicting, contradicting myself about we don't restrict, we do restrict things like red food dye and sodium benzoate and chemicals that are known to be carcinogens. We completely uh, eradicate those. There's no moderation for me in those items. No way. They're just not even edible. So I, I don't even look at things with those substances, substances in them as even a food, uh, a valid food to eat. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Is David on the phone now? I know you said he was on the phone earlier. I heard a little beep. And I think I heard him yeah, laugh I'm a on second ago. My name is David, too. Sounds like your parents knew what they um, were doing when they were naming you. So, so we, we got about two it. Davids on the phone. So, David, tell us a little bit about you and what you do and, and how you're involved with BNI and the nonprofit, just to learn a little bit more about that.
All right, so I've been in BNI for about uh, 18 years. I came in years ago as an electrician. Wow. Um, had a um, had a bad incident. Got Ooh. got hit by a drunk driver in my car, and then I had to change uh, professions and things, and I had to reinvent myself, which I did. And along that time period, I got more and more involved in BNI. Um, became an ambassador, then a director, and, and now I'm the managing director for BNI Delaware Valley Regions, which is um, five regions. I work with about 130 chapters and about 3,000 members. And um, I guess about 10 years ago, I met Beth at a conference, I think the one of the international conferences out in uh, Orange Grove, and heard her speak yeah. about the foundation. And I just enjoy working with children. I love helping people and especially children. And I went up to her after her speech <laughs> and said, how can I get involved? And she said, well, it starts no, to become a hero. Do you and, remember that, um, Elizabeth? Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, absolutely. David was one of the first people to get into our uh, monthly donor program because he wanted to do whatever he could to be involved and be supportive. He's he's been a part of the BNI Foundation. How many years, David? Nineteen, eighteen, or nineteen? Almost from the beginning. Wow! Almost from the beginning. Yeah, but I didn't get i i, I was a I was a, a an outside participant in the beginning. <laughs> I kept donating and donating, and then and then finally, after I heard her do one of her presentations, I said. I'm all in monthly and I, and I, and I got involved with that. Um, and, and then after that, we created the concept of the business voices teams, which is an initiative of the BNI foundation and created a business voices team with my chapter. Um, and, and that was the next level of involvement. And I guess almost a year ago, I got a phone call from Beth saying, Hey, how'd you like to get more involved? Um, and that was my invitation to get on the executive board and become, uh, become the vice chair. Uh, so that's been about a year and, uh, I just love it. And we're taking the foundation to a, an all new level. This is our, our 20th year of giving. Um, we've broken all kinds of, of records for getting new donors and getting involved. And we're, we intend to, um, double our giving this year for our givers gains grants and we're almost uh, at that level. Um, and, and it's just a wonderful way to get involved and to get your businesses involved. So, in tell us community. more about the importance and significance of businesses, because it's starting to be more and more common, that have a purpose beyond just profit and business, but are actually all about the nonprofit world and giving back. Yeah. And that, that, that's a very funny it's funny because what you mostly hear people saying is millennials, Ooh. millennials, millennials. That's, this guy right? that just it's asked just, you a question. How do you, how do you attract those? <laughs> 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 and, and the truth is that, that um, getting involved and having a, a purpose and getting your business involved is, is something that all walks of business yeah. people get involved with and it attracts all different types of businesses not just the young startup businesses um and and from a bni standpoint it's a great way to gain exposure in areas that we didn't have and it also is a great teaching uh, method for the children 
because most people think what foundations do and what BNI Foundation, right. raise money, raise money, raise money. Yeah, that's a part of it, but that's just a, a small part of it. Well, not a small part of it, but it's, it's not the whole concept. The concept is giving back, um, you know, through BNI or, or philosophies, givers gain. It's the same way with with nonprofits and getting your business involved. When you, when you find a school that that would like to do a career day, but it's in a area where the parents can't afford yeah. to lose a day's work. Well, that's where, you know, we get involved. Go to any BNI chapter and say, hey, we have these children and they'd like to hear about careers. We need to do a career day. And I guarantee you, you'll get almost every single person in that BNI chapter saying, oh, what better thing to do than to come talk about my business and, and the passion I have for what I do. So it's it's getting involved in mentoring. It's career days. Um, it's It's helping with school supplies, you know, and what happens is, when the community sees businesses getting involved in helping children become better educated and better prepared to become the business people of the future, the community then comes back and wants to help those businesses. So it's truly a, a circular event. Um, and again, it's at all levels, new businesses, uh, well-established businesses. I think it's a very important part of, it should be a very important part of everyone's mm, business plan. That's great. And I have a question for Beth. You wanted to talk about um, cause networking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that? absolutely. Um, part of what we are doing with the Business Voices Initiative, which is connecting business and the people in business who have the resources that education and kids programs really need um, is to do cause networking. We know the BNI members are experts at word of mouth marketing and networking. And in BNI, we're gearing at and specifically targeting, creating referrals for each other for new business. But yeah. what could happen is what we're asking. What could happen just kind of exploring the possibility of what could and will happen and what are we seeing actually taking place if the business community and not just in the BNI chapters, but including the Rotary Clubs, the Seroptimus, Kiwanis, everybody working together in the community to do their networking skills to benefit nonprofits and specifically with our initiative, the nonprofits that are supporting and wrapping around schools and helping with after school programs, helping with homeless children, helping with food. I mean, there are all kinds of opportunities for business to use their prowess in networking for yeah. this cause and, and, and our specific of course, interest is children and education, but there are all kinds of other causes that we think if you are involved in word of mouth marketing and networking, and you're also doing cause networking, it's a little bit different than cause marketing. Cause networking is like listening for the needs and then helping connect people with those nonprofits that have what the nonprofits need. How much more visible are you gonna be in the community? How much stronger is your brand going to be and your customer's brand loyalty? And I'm not talking just about the BNI chapter and the BNI brand, but also what about your own business and your own business visibility in the community and brand in the community? Um, I, I don't want to, to use myself as a, a huge example, but I just recently was given a very nice honor by a local nonprofit uh, in Austin. And it really boosts the visibility of BNI because that, uh, was up 
front. And of course, everyone knows that Ivan and I are Miss Dr. and Mrs. B and I, right? And so the work I'm doing philanthropically is really promoting the brand that I'm standing behind too. So how powerful could cause networking be for you in that avenue, as well as how much good can we do together? Ivan and I were on Necker Island with Richard Branson a couple of times. And the last time that we were there so together, cool. yeah, it was, it was so much fun. But he sat down with Ivan and they did a little video together. And at one point, Richard said to Ivan, you know, if entrepreneurs, we have a different way of thinking. Entrepreneurs just think outside of the box. If entrepreneurs got behind problems in the world and in the community, we could get on top of these problems because of how we think and how creative we are and how no holds barred we are. And we kind of work around the system and outside of the box, if you will, we can, we really have the capacity to do things that, that, you know, it's going to take government a long time, if ever to do. So yeah. easy things like school supplies in the classroom. Oh my goodness. You know, when you learn that teachers, each classroom, the teacher's budget allows for in Austin, you'll believe this or not one jar of hand sanitizer for the whole year and wow. one box of tissue. That's it. So what could happen if we used cause networking to say, hey, Mr. Printer, would you sponsor this teacher and make a contribution of hand sanitizer and tissue for this classroom? We can make things work because we aren't held back by red tape. And so we created this really cute infographic for BNI, the BNI Foundation that says BNI. And it's got this picture of two hands wrapped up with red tape and then scissors coming up through the middle. And we yeah. like to say our business voices um, initiative that in that initiative, BNI stands for bureaucracy not included. Wow. And that's we come right in and say, what do you guys need? And the teachers will say, in North Carolina, this happened. One of the teachers, uh, actually the school principal said, we have too many kids coming to school without shoes or with shoes that are cut open at the toe and the toes are hanging out or they're duct taped together because the sole has fallen off the shoe. In two weeks, the BNI chapter and the business community rallied around, came back to the school and did a shoe drive and put shoes on those kids' feet. That's what we're talking about. Wow. That made me feel a little warm inside. Just and, and, <laughs> good, 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 good. And, and when you talk about the networking side of this and problems that can be solved by um, the community and the network within the community, like, like Beth said, we had some issues up here in Philadelphia and there was a great need for um, socks and underwear for some 300 children in our homeless shelters up here. And again, it's all who, who we know and how willing we are to make those connections. So I had a friend and I went to that person because I knew he had an in. Uh, he, was, he was one of the supervisors at JCPenney's and put me in contact Penny. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of pairs of underwear and socks to the children. So it works that way. It works when we had we had children that we went to a school and said, you know, what do you need? And they said, well, in the wintertime, our attendance drops off because it's cold and the kids don't have proper coats, so they stay home. And then we networked with 
local auto dealers that had purchased thousands of brand new coats. And I leveraged uh, a contact I had over at the YMCA and, and we got a couple hundred of those coats to donate to the school. So this, this networking piece within businesses and the community, it's not just the businesses, yeah. it's the businesses getting involved in the community finding out what the community needs that, and solving pretty, those problems cool. and it's a yeah, lot so easier cool. it than sounds like thinks. it's really making it a really huge is. difference in the you know in changing the problems and some of the problems in this world that's so, absolutely right so let us ask you this so are there any questions it's, it's, that we didn't ask you or even better yet that a lot of people don't ask you that you wish that they would have <laughs> that's a that's a good question. <laughs> um, it makes you think, right? I think I stole that from someone. <laughs> well, I. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that the not the question that's not asked is the the businesses and and the smaller businesses that are afraid to get involved because they think right. it's a huge outlay of resources to help to help. And I think if, if people would stop looking at this and say, we have this massive problem. And if people would say, what can I do to make a difference in a child's life? That's the missing piece in a lot of cases that people stand back and they see things that are done and, and they're afraid to get involved because they're afraid it's, going to be this huge outlay of whatever it is and it's really not you can make a difference just by helping a, a local child it doesn't have to be helping the whole community yeah, you, so everyone many. just helped and, one child and i have this theory where like how many sometimes people don't do anything because they feel like for example you don't have enough time to work out so you're like why do 10 push-ups <laughs> just because you can't you know you can't do a full 30 minute workout that 10 over time will still make a significant difference. And that's kind of where you're talking about, whereas if you help that one child, the ripple effect of that can make a tremendous difference. Yeah, like if you help a kid and I help a kid and you, you know. And those kids help a kid, we're, we're on the way. Oh, we have a bunch of happy kids. <laughs> I think this episode is going to change the world. That's right. I hope so, because you know what happens when you impact <laughs> kids this way? This is our future. This is the future of business. This is the future of our economy. This is the future of our world. 20% right. of the world's population are under the age of 18 right now. They are wow. quite literally 100% of our future. And so yeah. we need to change the world. I'm glad you said that because, you know, little by little by little, I think we can change the world. And I really think that we have to do it. That's what That's the it. We're in. dream is here for. This I is have, what our podcast is here for. I have a question. <laughs> and and um, what what is your definition of success? <laughs> who, who do you who are you asking first? Uh, each uh, each one. Each, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ladies first. Ladies first. So my personal definition of success is when you are in the place in life where you are peaceful, centered, happy, and it has nothing to do with how much stuff you have around you or how much money is in your bank account or what your title is on your door. Success is where your reality meets your expectation for happiness and contentment. Yeah, love it. David, what about you? 
yeah, so it's funny. So <laughs> I, I kind of agree with, with Beth. I, I was, I had time to think a little bit while she was answering. I, I also agree. It's not, a, you know, people think success is how many toys you have in your driveway. And, yeah. and I don't think that is because I, I know a lot of people with a lot of toys that are very unhappy. And so, so success to me is, is when you are in a place that you've, you're fulfilled both spiritually um, and you're able to do the things that you want to do without stress and, and you're able to have the quality of life that makes you most happy. Um, and, and for me, it also means that I'm now in a place that I'm, I'm achieving that, but I'm also able to help others achieve that. And I think success is when you can put yourself in that place, That's great. but That's still be awesome. able to help others get All right. to the next now, level so they too can be successful. I have with me, what I have for every show, Arthur, my brother, doesn't really love this part much, but I love it. It's it's a little book, my moleskin, and I only write the best stuff in here, all right? Ooh, I love that. So, ready? You, Elizabeth, you pick a page from 1 to 30. I'll say 25. 25. Here we go. Let me see. Here we go. Drum roll. Dum, da, da, dum. <laughs> Happiness is a choice. What do you think about that? I agree 100%. All right. David, your turn. Pick a page. Um, zero to 30. Not zero, one. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay. All right. Well, one of my daughter's favorite numbers is three, so I'll go with uh -oh. three. Wow, here we go. One day you will wake up and there won't be any more time to do the things you've always wanted to do. So uh, do them that's now. Profound. Mm. Wow. He does put the best stuff the in there. The best huh? stuff. Do either one of you, actually do both of you, and I know you probably do, have a favorite <laughs> quote that comes to mind right now? Oh, I have so many quotes in my head. <laughs> you get to pick oh. one. That's the beauty. We'll let David go first. <laughs> I went first already. <laughs> That's favorite favorite quotes. Um, well, there's okay. I actually have two. I use a lot. There's one from from Ivan, which is a, a, a more of a business quote, which is. You know, it's a good networker. Two ears has, and you know, one mouth. Um, <laughs> what is that my favorite? Two ears, two eyes. Two ears and one mouth. Wow, yep. that's going and in my most in forever. And you got to uh, get like that one. But also, and knows how to use them proportionally. <laughs> but so the other one, the other one I like is is oh, yeah, people great. don't um, care what you one. know until they know how much you care. Beth, you're up. So, yeah, I I read a book written by the Dalai Lama. It's a, a book that was called An Open Heart. Yeah. And there he said something in there. I, I love the concept of ahimsa nonviolence. Kind of kind of exploring what does it mean to be nonviolent, you know, and, and the different implications of that. And he he had a quote in this book that, that lingered with me. And I, it's something like, 
nonviolence doesn't mean being indifferent to a problem. Mm. And I thought that quote was really amazing because as I was thinking about what does it mean to be nonviolent, how can I stand up for an issue or a problem that I might inside feel like becoming quite, quite violent about it, you know, but then do I have to be indifferent? No, I think there's a way I'm, I'm a martial artist. I'm a black belt in martial arts. I'm, I can be very aggressive and very competitive and, and have in the past, I'll share this in all transparency, been violent yeah. in my reactions. I had a huge problem with temper and rage. I wrecked two cars in road rage because I have that, that hot, violent kind of uh, tendency that I have struggled with in my past. So yeah. his quote of nonviolence does not mean being indifferent to a problem. I don't have to be so placid that I don't stand up for the problem. And I think that's why business voices means a lot to me because the, the problems surrounding children, for example, sex, sexual exploitation, I just feel really violent about people that, that right. exploit children right. for sex right. trafficking. And there's things we can do. We don't have to literally wring those people's necks, right? We can get involved there's, we don't have right to, there's yeah, other ways to get involved wow you know what though if i knew that you were a black belt i would have paid you to give my brother a beating when we were at the house <laughs> now that would be violent i can't do that <laughs> i would not have accepted your payment oh no <laughs> that's too funny all right give us a the a number one best business book recommendation and then personal book recommendation. I know we've dropped a lot of books on this podcast, but we're avid readers. <laughs> so we'd like to get one more. So a business book, if you haven't read Michael Gerber's 25th edition, 25th anniversary edition of the E-Myth, of course, I should say any of Ivan's books would be my first recommendation. Uh, but yeah. his books tend to go toward networking and growing your business through word of mouth, but just strictly business geared toward entrepreneurs is the e-myth and the e-myth revisited is the 25th anniversary edition by michael e gerber it's an amazing amazing book it's helped me so much in identifying if i had a business idea or is it a mission it's a is yeah. it a ministry or is it a business is it a mission or is it a business you know and he, yeah. he really helps you with that so that would be my my business book idea um personal book goodness i read voraciously um, I'm actually reading five books at once right now what, wow. what would I say I it's it's a it's an addiction I'm sorry <laughs> I really should not be reading five books at once um wow how many oh, would you say goodness. you read a month I probably read a book a week so book a week? Wow. sometimes I go faster I might read five books in a month um I really love Simon Mannering's book. The title is We First. And it's kind of like um, Conscious Capitalism that was written by John Mackey. We First, it's about social, invi social involvement and activism and how um, cause networking and, and working together to address social ills is really the next big wave that we're going to see in business. Um, we First. So... In, in a nod to our topic of the BNI Foundation and our initiative, I would recommend uh, we first as it's a personal, it's 
a personal look at why are you doing what you're doing and how can you do what you do in all aspects of your life so that you're part of the we um, in the world, making things a better, making the world a better place. That's, That's great. Awesome. David, what do you got for us? Um, well, for, for business, I think, I think my two, uh, books that I think are the best, uh, for all types of business. One's called Inside the Magic Kingdom, uh, by Tom Collin, which I just love that book. And there's two editions of that. Uh, it's just a great insight into, um, customer service. And I think everyone needs to look at that. And I also, I also um, love the book, and I know mm-hmm. there's two authors. I can only think of the one author. It's, it's called The Go-Giver. It's a real short read, but it's a great – Bob Bergen. It's written right Bob, he had a co-author, and I can't yep. remember the co-author's name. I don't it was have by, it. Um, but if you look it up by Bob Berg, um, those are two great, great, easy-read books. And I struggle on the personal side because – I don't read a lot of books that aren't business oriented. I just, uh, if I am going to read something, it's probably. See, I thought be you'd say the Little Prince. Some type of <laughs> historical. The novel. Little Prince. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Social conversations is a good one. I just saw another one in my bookcase. I'm like, oh, why didn't um, I say that one? Uh, Crucial Conversations yeah. is is an amazing book. The Shack, oh my goodness, I loved The Shack. Really opened <laughs> me up. The Soul of Money, that's the other one. Soul of Money, Lynn Twist. We're gonna have a, yeah. we're gonna have yeah. a another great another great book. Is made to Stick. Yeah. This podcast. Has another great book is called uh, Made to yeah, Stick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, so for the Go Giver, his co-author was John David Mann. So let's wrap up. Let's wrap up with this. Why don't you tell us how does somebody learn and get yes. involved more with the BNI Foundation, and also how does one get in touch with each one of you if they wanted more information about your, you know, what you're doing with network, all the other stuff you're involved with. Go ahead, David. Well, so for the foundation, it's really quite easy. We have a, a website, um, bnifoundation.org. Uh, so there's tons and tons of information about how to get involved, um, not just in donating, but how to start a business voices team. We have our blog up there and newsletters and um, a lot of documentation about all the good that local businesses have done for the community. So that's a great place to get started to find out about the foundation. Uh, for me, I guess uh, probably email is the easiest right now. Uh, my email is uh, just uh, David K, David K for Kaufman at BNIDVR.com. Well. So that's BNIDVR cool. for so Delaware nice Valley Region.com. And Beth, how about you? How does one get more information about you? So my website is BethMeisner.com and my email is Beth at BethMeisner.com. I'm very active in social media on Facebook and I have a group on Facebook for Abundant Health Qigong, Q-I-G-O-N-G. If anyone's interested in learning more about Qigong, practicing Qigong with me in videos or doing some of the live practices that I do from time to time in that group. Um, and my, I've got a public Facebook page, Beth Meisner, 
author, speaker, humanitarian. And then I have my own personal Facebook, which is full right now. I can't accept any more Oh, I just friends. sent you a friend request. You gotta yeah, delete I can't you accept. Gotta delete some people. For I need to go and delete some people that have already uh, dropped out, which um, <laughs> I understand. I need to do that. But you can also follow that page, I think, without being a friend. And you can yeah. also like the public page. And I post over there from time to time. So you just yeah, got I would two, love to. Two new likes. And what was oh, the name of your, your group again? It's called Abundant Health Qigong. Q-I-G-O-N-G. I also have a group that is called Healing Journey with Beth, and that is the whole story of my whole process in healing last year, starting, I think I started the group in April when I was in the hospital, and just chronicled everything I was learning, what I was doing, what I was investigating, what the results were. I even have my ultrasound scans posted up there, results of blood, you know, blood work and blood biopsies, wow. and it's a, it's a fascinating group I asked the group you know do you want me to keep this group open now that it's all done and, and the group said yeah absolutely because I'm learning new things all the time and updates and having you know follow-up work and people want to stay in touch with that so I'll probably That's transition cool. that when my book um, my book comes out I'll probably re rename that group so that it's compatible with the book That's I, just followed, I just followed all those things awesome cool Cool. And, well, thank you guys and, and so much. I want much. a signed copy of your book when it comes out. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And last question. Who would you recommend to come on the Modern American Dream podcast if you were to be able to listen to anyone on this show? Who would you want to hear on this show? So are you thinking in, within B&I or it, in the world in comes, general? What, in the world in general. Anyone who's successful in business, it could be an author. I mean, Richard Branson is with me. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot for the stars, right? That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, while, she, while she's thinking, I think a good interview, mm, uh, a yeah. good person to get on this podcast would be uh, Norm Dominguez. He has a, a book on positivity and on uh, can you a make great it? person can to talk to about how a positive attitude can change everything. I'd appreciate that. And this is how networking works, ladies and gentlemen. And Beth, you're up. Sure, I'd be happy to. You know, I think you would probably enjoy interviewing John Forrest, F-O-R-R-E-S-T. He has a book and a method called The Stay Calm Method, and the book is called Stay Calm. And the reason I suggest him is because most people in business at some point have to face either an irate customer or an irate employee or boss or family member or somebody that's impacting the partner in the business. And it's really important to understand this technique that he teaches is really, really profound. And it's based on the principles of Aikido. Um, and it, it's, it'll blow your mind. I think you guys would really enjoy it. And it's something that would benefit your audience. And yes, I'd be happy to introduce you to John. Love it. It's like you read our mind. <laughs> you both are the best. My favorite, Dave, I hope we get to meet you one day in person. Beth, you were the best when we did meet you. And um, I'm still <laughs> going to try to bribe you to give my brother like a chop to the neck or something. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's so nice, and we Such really, really appreciate it. And I, you guys are the best. You know? <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the Thank time. Thank you. Had a great time talking with y'all. Awesome. All right. We'll see you soon. Yeah. All right. Take All care. Right. Be well. You as well. My pleasure. Thank Bye-bye. you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is David with DNA Realty Group. And as this podcast continues to grow, we bring you the latest and the best products at a discounted rate of DNA Realty. Today, we'd like to introduce you to the Boomtown ROI, specifically for real estate agents. And what it's going to help you do is manage your database. And it's also going to help you generate new, higher quality leads. We wouldn't advertise anything we wouldn't use ourselves and dna realty group does use this product if you give them a certain code that we are about to tell you now you're going to get a discounted rate use the code dna realty group and reach out to our friend Catherine jordan from boomtown her direct line is 843-518-5287 and you can reach her at Catherine at BoomtownROI.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. And as my brother said, we wouldn't recommend any product that we don't use ourselves as well as doing extensive research. We know that the top 1,000 agents on the Wall Street Journal, 30% of that group use this product. Boomtown ROI. Use the code, get the deal, improve your business. Boomtown. Hey guys, this is David. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We're going to have new stuff for you every single week. So make sure you tune in, subscribe, do whatever you got to do on your end because we'll take care of the stuff on our end. And for more information, make sure you follow us on Snapchat slash DNA Realty Group. You can also find us on Facebook, same handle on Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube.